This is episode two of season two of the Cast Iron Theatre podcast, and we are having a bit of a, a guest visitor in these episodes. Yeah, it's the Broken Pieces podcast, and that's from the 8mm Network. So this is audio drama mm-hmm. uh, with a different episode, a different story with each episode. Um, the episode that we're sharing with you tonight is Real Estate. Yeah, may not be tonight. Well, it depends on when you're listening. Yeah. I kind of think it's now it's a t- season to be listening to podcast drama mm. at the uh, end of night when uh, there's rain trickling on the window pane and you've got a cup of hot chocolate and a mince pie. Um, or if you don't like hot chocolate or mince pies, then you don't have to have the hot chocolate or the mince pies. But I'm now a bit, a bit of a conversational cul-de-sac. Did but, you yeah. have a sandwich? If if you will, I, I'm not going to impose <laughs> dietary requirements on how you mm. enjoy your short fiction or an apple. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if if you're going to pack me off with what to eat while I have my short fiction, it might be a bit like when I get packed lunch as a child and I get the apple and the penguin bar. What do you eat first? Uh, the penguin bar. <gasps> really, you don't. Well, no, well, you it, eat the apple first and then you save the penguin till last. No, I, I, I hear your logic. I hear, obviously, you save the best thing for last. Mm. But if you've kind of made a decision that you're not actually going to any, eat any of the healthy stuff at all, <gasps> and you eat the penguin bar first and last. I mean, other, other triple-layered chocolate bars are available. Yes, there are. Did you throw your apple in the bin when you were little and say you'd eaten it? Or were you expected to return home with the core? Or is it just that, do you know what I'm only, that a I level of strict? Do you know what? I'm only talking anecdotally. I'm not, now, you are, you know, <laughs> now you've told me to out myself with somebody I don't think I actually brought, had an apple in my pet lunch. Didn't you? I don't think so. To be fair, I don't think I had a penguin either. No. All, all of this has been a sham. Did a you lie. just have a sandwich? I don't, I'm not sure that I had a sandwich. Did you have hot dinners? I think we had a hot dinner. That's a bit, that's yeah, it. yeah, we had hot dinners. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's anyway. why I thought I didn't like bacon. Why? Because I was born into the era that used to be very cruel and wrap a small sliver of bacon around a wadge of liver. What? Yeah, this is a thing. What? This is a thing. I've never heard of that. In British dinner, school dinner cuisine, it was liver (gasps) and bacon. Which now that I said that loud, it sounds like it was a holdover from the 40s. But yeah, basically it was... What I imagine, and you know how um, when you're an adult, you imagine that your childhood things were a lot bigger. Yeah, yeah, Even yeah. with that in mind, I can imagine that the sliver of bacon was no bigger than my small finger. And it was wrapped round a wadge of liver. Grey liver. I don't mind, when I used to eat meat, I didn't mind liver particularly, but I didn't love it. No. So to have that as your sandwich to your... Bacon is not nice. It is cruel. Yeah. Yeah. How strange. Yeah. So, should we have a... (laughs) Should we have a listen to the podcast? This is Real Estate from Broken Pieces Podcast. Bye. Orla twists the key, and the engine stops. Inside, the car is a quiet bubble, 
the swooshing of the occasional passing car is calming. The seat belt holds her in place, pressing her puffy jacket. She is strapped in, safe and padded like an ornament in a box. She closes her eyes for a moment. Outside it is cold and bright blue, but inside the bubble, magnified behind the windscreen, the sun's heat warms her face. She could fall asleep. After a minute or two, she opens her eyes and looks at the for sale sign in the rockery. She hears Janet's words in her head. Wrong! Oh, fuck wrong, bitch! That place is the Holy Grail. Whoever manages to offload that fucker is gonna be an insta-hero. Forget having to kiss Jane's fat ass. Forget layoffs. It's the golden ticket. And it's not like there's a law against it or something. Anyway, don't worry about it. Leave it for the big fish. We've just got to keep our heads down and keep flipping bungalows and semi-detached shit boxes, and we're gonna be just fine. She glances at her reflection in the rearview mirror. Her small gold crucifix twinkles in the sunlight. The house behind is large and lavishly decorated and, if she were to be honest, quite gaudy. She takes a deep breath, pulls the car door latch with her right hand and slides down out of the car. Her black leather boots land in a cold puddle. Inside, opposite the entrance, there is a wide, polished marble staircase leading up to the many bedrooms. The staircase is the kind that you might see a hip-hop artist descend down in a music video. Overhead, a wide glass dome lets in the springtime light. The foyer is large and opulent and empty. The lounge on the left of the main entrance is huge, with a massive stone fireplace and dark wooden floor. The bay windows allow in huge chunks of light, which further highlight the vast emptiness of the space. Orla listens to her steps echo as she approaches the wide stone fireplace. She squats next to it and examines the right-hand side. She squints and scans the stone surface, searching for discolorations, scrapes, or cracks. The stone is uniform and unremarkable. Hello? Anybody home? Orla stands swiftly, as if a parent were approaching a room she was not supposed to be in. She glances at her watch. Twenty minutes early. She pushes her hair back and straightens her jacket. She holds her folder by her side like a general holding his hat. She walks toward the lobby. The woman advances and holds out a hand. Hi, Orla. 
Sorry, we're a little early. I had a morning meeting downtown, so we came over directly. I'm Rachel, and this is Andrew. That's no problem, Mrs. Klein. I just arrived myself. Looking up from his phone, Andrew smiles and shakes hands. The young couple look hip and indie. They are dressed in casual jeans and coloured wools, handmade jewellery and leather bracelets. Orla notices the man's heavy watch. She reads the brand name stenciled on the woman's glasses. Rachel looks around the hall. Quite impressive, isn't it, Mrs. Klein? I just love this atrium. It has such a wonderful neoclassical style. Rachel looks around the space as if she is trying to remember something. It's funny. Really, I feel like I've been here before or something. Orla clears her throat. throat) Yes, um, well, let's go to the lounge, shall we? Orla walks ahead of them, back into the large lounge area and over towards the bay windows. As you can see, the view from here is quite spectacular. Now, granted, the lawn and gardens require some landscaping, but I want you to just imagine being able to sit here and... She turns back. Andrew is standing behind her, glancing down at his phone. Um, so, as I was saying, the view in the evening is just Gorgeous. Rachel has drifted towards the middle of the room. She is staring at the fireplace. Her head is tilted at an angle as if she were trying to decipher bad handwriting. Orla walks over to stand next to Rachel. It's a wonderful fireplace, isn't it? Silver hemp granite. Just imagine a roaring fire... A glass of brandy. At night, the space really... Oh, my God. Mrs. Klein? Oh, my fucking God. Andrew! Andrew looks up from his phone at his wife. His eyes are more awake this time. Andrew, Google Tamler murders. Panic hits Orla like a bucket of water. Mrs. Klein, um... Why don't we move around to the kitchen? I know you're just going to love the open plan and the parlour is just... Rachel is swiping madly at her phone. She lets out a shriek. Look! She holds the phone out in front of her towards Andrew. Orla remains where she is, frozen in place. Andrew steps forward and looks at the screen. Inside the frame there is a miniature reproduction of the room. On the right-hand side of the black-and-white photo fireplace, there is a pool of dark liquid. The form of a young woman is lying slumped in the puddle. Her elegant dress is stained in dark patches. Her collapsed body is cut off at the legs by the edge of the frame. Her pale, smooth face is broken by a swollen eye-patch bruise. A dangling earring is draped across her cheek. Her unbruised eye is open. It stares emptily at the camera. Above the photo fireplace, written in smeared blood, is the word rapture. 
Orla sighs and looks down at her feet, marvelling at her own stupidity. I'm very sorry about this, Mr. and Mrs. Klein. I... Rachel moves back over to the fireplace. She stays a foot back from the edge of the granite, as if the scene is cordoned off by an invisible rope. Her eyes move from the phone to the fireplace and back again. Her hands move and make shapes as she works out positions and dimensions. Andrew joins her next to the fireplace. Andrew, I cannot fucking believe this. Orla takes a small step backwards. I really am very sorry, Mrs. Klein. We we do have a similar-sized property over near Pembroke Estate. The viewing would be on Thursday, I think, if you, um... Oh my God, Andrew, this is the place. This is totally the fucking place. Rachel's eyes bulge with excitement as she looks around the room. Andrew puts his hand to his forehead in amazement. Rach, this is amazing. I remember seeing the photos as a teenager. Rachel gestures at a spot in front of the fireplace. Squawky came at her right here, Andrew, next to the fireplace. And then Angela Lynch falls backwards, or Squawky pushes her. She changed her testimony a bunch of times. Lynch falls and hits her head on the granite. Then Squawky lands on her and starts stabbing and punching her. Lynch was like crying and begging her to stop the whole time. In her testimony, Squawky said she thought it was all way too funny. Like, she couldn't stop laughing during the whole thing. Oh my god. This is nuts! Shit. Yeah, I remember reading that. Dodson was watching from over here. He had a gun on Tamler who was, like, over in an armchair or something. Tamler gets up to help Angela and POW! Dodson plugs him! Yeah, yeah, that's right. The coroner said they both died pretty quick, but the bodies had dozens of stab wounds because he made the other two girls stab them as well, even after they were dead. Dodson wanted to make sure that they all got their hands dirty. This is too crazy. Finally processing their giddy excitement, Orla feels a wave of dizziness flood over her. Rachel and Andrew are taking photographs. Like I said, I... I am very sorry for having wasted your time, Mrs. Klein. We should probably... Rachel looks up from her camera at Orla, suddenly remembering her presence. Can we see upstairs? Excuse me? Upstairs. That's where the second scene was. It doesn't still have the cult symbols, does it? Mrs. Klein, I really don't think... Of course it doesn't. Sorry, silly question. But they carved it into the wall. Andrew. I wonder... If we stripped back the plaster, maybe... Rachel smiles excitedly over at Andrew. He beams back at her, her head swiveling back and forth between the two as if she is watching a bath overflowing. Orla manages to stammer out a panicked little shout. No! 
Wait, wait, just... They turned toward her, surprised at having been interrupted. I mean, I... I'm sorry, I didn't mean for you to... I just... I mean... You can't seriously want to buy this place knowing... Knowing what happened, it's... It's... I, I mean, those poor people... Rachel's warm, socialite smile has drained away to reveal a stern expression. Andrew hangs back and looks down at his phone, allowing his wife to handle things. I'm sorry, Orla, but weren't you the one trying to sell us this property just a few moments ago? Well, yes, but... And you were basically lying to us by not telling us up front that this was the Tamler residence. I... And now, you. You're saying that we are immoral somehow? Orla feels queasy. No, no, it's not... I just... I guess... Most people normally are not interested when they... Okay, well, that's fine, Orla. We'll make sure to mention all your concerns when we contact the agency. Rachel's eyes lock on Orla for a moment that seems to stretch. Orla's face is red. The possibility of losing her job flashes cold in her brain. I'm sorry, Mrs. Klein. I didn't mean to offend you. I... Andrew squeezes Rachel's shoulder and gestures at the phone. We should probably go, Rach. If we want to catch Andy for brunch... There's no way we're not fucking buying this. We can do the full tour later. The speakerphone rings in the car. The handset illuminates the caller ID. Jane. Work. Orla feels a golf ball of panic jam in her throat. She indicates, pulls off the road, and presses the green telephone icon. Orla, what the fuck did you do? Jane, listen, Mr. and Mrs. Klein, they... Do you know how long that thing's been on our books? I could fucking kiss you. Hello? Hello, Orla? Yes, I'm here, I... I don't know what the fuck you did, but you just got entered to the annals of real estate history. Come on back to base. We need to celebrate. Uh, wow, okay, that's, that's great, but, um, but, um, I'm supposed to show the semi on Sutton Avenue at four. Oh, don't worry about that. I put Janet on it. Just get back here. We're going for drinks, and then you're going to tell me what your fucking secret is. Okay. Okay, great. Thanks, Jane. I'll be there in 30 minutes. This has been the Cast Iron Theatre Podcast. Presented by Andrew Allen. Produced by Michelle Donkin. Music is Chapstick by Everett Armand. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and our website is castironbryson.com. 
Subscribe to us and rate us on SoundCloud, iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks for listening.